I was. I know there was some controversial topics at the start of the last episode. I I can't believe there was like zero blowback about any of it. It's just proves <laughs> our listenership knows what they're getting into. What, what did we talk about? The, was that the KKK hat episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. was, that came up. Okay. The communism hat. Yeah. I think that the article, the fact that the news article post got taken down proves that this is the right time for a communism hat. Mm-hmm. Did you see that on the Mulder podcast, they released the freedom pens? I didn't see that. No, well, they're just pens that say in Malta outdoors. Oh, so they're actually. I just like, well, I know, but I just like, I feel like anything that Andy sells should have the word freedom in front of it now. So I like that. I do. I just like, it just I, it has a great ring. And any, anything that we sell as the oppression in front oppression, of it. Oppression. <laughs> oppression gear, oppression. Oppression gear. Hey, that should be, oppression. yeah. I, I feel, feel like, like we could have pens, but they don't let you write certain words. Send notes to certain people. <laughs> <laughs> have oppression pens. They have invisible ink, yeah. so no yeah. one can read what you're fucking writing. <laughs> we could sell oppression pencils that have no lead in them. <laughs> we never did the. We never did the thing. Chevy Dodge Ford oh. bench play bench cut. Um, I'm gonna play the the Ram. Really? And bench the Ford. And if I never have to get in another fucking Chevy in my life, I'll be a happy man. Can't I'm going to swap somebody... Chad's around. Ooh. I'm going to play the Chevy, bench the Ford. Cut. What is the other one? Cut. Cut, cut the Dodge. The Dodge. Yeah. The Dodge. Have you ever ridden in a Ram, Mike? I have. Have you? Like yeah. a full size truck, yeah. not like a half ton? Most uncomfortable vehicle ever. Yeah, I didn't uh, like it. If mine terrible. has air ride. It's terrible. The seats in a Ram are the most uncomfortable, mm-hmm. horrible seats on the planet. My opinion. I can't stand them. I can't get comfortable. I have fucked. We have two Laramies. I have fucked with them a million ways. I cannot find a comfortable seating position in them. Plus, the front end of them is just self-destruct. Like, if you need to invest three to $4,000 a year in your front end parts, then you need to buy a Ram. Because they just self-destruct. I haven't yeah. done any of this. Well, you should take it in and ask them to look at the front end. Like, <laughs> it's fucked up. I, I'm not particularly hard on my vehicle. It doesn't but... matter what you do with it. Uh, it's a fucking... I I, so like... For me, I would always play the Chevy. Cheapest, most reliable truck by far. Cheapest looking. Well, I don't care. But see, I... <laughs> see, I was actually having this. I I don't give a shit about that. I want the most efficient truck. And if you have a 350 Chevy, automatic Chevy, that drivetrain is 100 years old, and that will be the most reliable vehicle on the planet. We filled mine with diesel. No effect on it. Just keeps fucking rolling on. Because all the lights on the dash were already on. No, none of them were. Anything else was wrong. None of the lights on the. None of the lights. None of. Anyway, I will play the Chevy. I have never even. I hate Ford trucks. I hate them. I hate everything about them. But I will still bench the Ford, and I will cut the Dodge because they are fucking shit boxes. Your company has multiple Rams. Two. They're shit boxes. Both of them. Really. I have spent more money on those two shit boxes than like 
I would ever spend on the Chevy. One of them costs like $6,000 to certify this year. It's a 2019. They are just, they look good. Like they are, they look good going down the road. Like they do. They look sharp. I love the way they look, but they're just fucking total shitbox. I am quested to get rid of these two motherfucking things off. They are the biggest sucking of money out of my company. When you run the numbers of anything on the planet is these two Dodge Rams. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with mine. But Perfect. I've only had one. And all my other Fords have been pretty good. So, yeah, the Chevy is the only truck that's ever made me walk anywhere. So, mind you, they were older. Right, I had a 2005 as my second landscape truck. You had to get out, and when it was cold out, you'd have to fucking hand pump the the diesel so, pump to get it started. He's a one thing I will give Chevys. I will say about Chevys is their vent heating system is the shittiest of all three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the vent, the vacuum system that moves the vents around in a Chevrolet product is as shitty as the front end of a Dodge. Like, <laughs> air fucking, like, it is every, and it's always the driver's side. Like, my truck will blow cold air to the passenger all fucking day, but no cold air or heat to my side. Wow. And I've read all this stuff in forums, and you got to unhook the battery. Literally, there's like a system where you unhook the battery for like 38 seconds and then hook it back up and then hit five different switches in a certain order and it'll fix the vacuum things. And it works for like a week and then it blows up again. <laughs> I, I, my truck also has some electrical issues. But, yeah. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's a 2015 and it's got 410,000 kilometers on it. So it hasn't had a great life, but I I have always had great luck with Chevy trucks. Always. Even when we at Lake at Con Lake or whatever, all the trucks there were Dodges. There was one, was an 07 one time, 07 3500. We put we put six rear ends in the thing. It would just blow up the rear end constantly because there was some <laughs> fucking manufactured default with it. The whole rear yeah, end like would fucking explode. I just <laughs> And the fucking f- amount of front end parts we put on those fucking things was just outrageous mm. every year. Oh. Not me, but maybe I'm due. Maybe I'm coming due. I don't know. Maybe you got, maybe you're, maybe my experience is not everyone's experience. That's possible. I feel like the resale on a Ram is ridiculously high compared to other trucks. It must be the Cummins or whatever it is, but like, you're oh, paying, that's part paying of a premium of. 20 grand more for a Cummins than a Ford yeah, of the same know. year or Maybe. Chevy of the same year. Ford trucks are crazy expensive right now. All of them. Everything's crazy expensive. The rates are ridiculous. So, yeah. Yes. Not the right time to be buying anything. Uh, yeah, I, that's true. I had, so my Bobcat T595 is listed. We're trying to get rid of it. And some guy. Know, offered, I've, been look- I've been looking at. For for uh, anyways, I saw it. Yeah. Um, it's like I know somebody offered to trade me their 2016 Chevy Camaro for my Bobcat. Why would and the Chevy Camaro is not worth close to the Bobcat? No, and I just told him I can't twenty drive grand. Chevy. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, what the fuck? Am What's I gonna a do 2016 with this Chevy Camaro? I feel like. Uh, 
none of those cars age well. Like as soon as they're not, they're older than two years. I feel like they're not worth what you think they're worth. I feel like you'd be taking up the ass if you traded a Chevy Camaro f- for a Bobcat. I feel like, well, yours in particular, what's yours? What do you have yours selling for? Like 50 grand? 60 grand. 62, but. 2000. So a two, and this is a convertible. Was it a convertible? No. So 28,000, 34,000, 48,000 for this one. Big sale, 32,000, 28,000, 34,000, 37,000, 40,000. I feel like you were losing on this deal, Chad. <laughs> well, Call I didn't take the deal. <laughs> you were fucking losing on of this course. deal. Of course. Are you crazy? These... I should go put in two patios for the price of one retaining wall. So these cars are also, in my personal opinion, ugly as ass. Yeah. This is so fucked up. So there's one car here because this thing... Auto Trader gives you like this fair price thing. Mm. So this Chevy Camaro is $52,000 fair price. And this Chevy Camaro is $32,000 fair price. It must be based on kilometers or some garbage. Who knows? Man, Chevy Camaro's vastly vary in price. MSRP was 20. The MSRP on a Chevy Camaro in 2016, Chad, was 54,000 bucks. So even if this was wow. a brand new Chevy Camaro, <laughs> In 2016, <laughs> it was. It's still not as worth worth as much as that worth, Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have done. That's a. Why would someone even ask that? That is a stupid deal. Yeah, well, we didn't take it, so <laughs> the Bobcat's still around. If anyone's looking. So, I had an epiphany. I like. I was thinking about like we're pretty strongly thinking about buying a bulldozer, but I think we're just going to get a super huge skid steer now. Really? Yeah. What? flavor of skid steer is it going to be a bobcat is it going to be i don't know i've been looking at the biggest skid someone i haven't looked at it yet someone told me a cat 299 is the biggest one cat makes i looked up minotaurs oh yeah oh yeah did you find a price on them we could never get a price i i found one but they're all in the states oh i couldn't find a canadian minotaur i was like i don't know if i want to be the only canadian with a minotaur yeah first the first ever minute. Uh, I thought it about it a lot. It could be the communism minotaur. <laughs> the <laughs> oppression minotaur. <laughs> the, oppression. <laughs> the state's minotaur. <laughs> uh, I, I thought about this a lot. And the kind of like soil pushing that we generally do is not like not 40, 50 trucks. And I just felt like a, a really like a T770. Or a night at SVL ninety seven, or apparently a Cat two ninety nine. Whatever the biggest skid steer we could buy was would be for what we push, and we would still be able to use it for other things. And everyone who works for us can run it, which I think was more the reason. Like having a piece of equipment that only one person knows how to run doesn't seem particularly practical yeah. to me. But having it, mm-hmm. and uh, in general. There's also a point made to me by someone that as soon as you start filling around a house and there's a bulldozer there, it attracts a lot more attention than if it's a guy with a skid steer. True. Yeah. 
So yeah. I just I I uh, I've thought about it a lot, and I I feel like that's the way we're gonna go with it. But I'm not not totally hundred yeah. percent. But you can make a lot of money with the big skid steer. I feel like a a T seven seventy is a big. It's like a hundred horsepower skid steer. Yeah. It's a so, big. Fun, I don't know how much horsepower ninety seven was. We've never gotten one just because up until this past year we've had nothing that could float that around, right? Our yeah. Small floats are 14,000 pound float. Yeah. Those machines are too big to yeah, take they're, a, they're, that size. They're big. Yeah. Well, so a couple of our clients have 97s. I've run one. They're an impressive machine. Like a SVL yeah. 97. It's an, yeah. I was, I've always been super, like, super. There's a I have some videos of us using an SVL 97 with a moose lifting massive fucking armor oh, stones. Yeah. It's fucking odd. That, that machine and that moose thing. That's like, like Andy Mulder would say, "Freedom! What a time to be alive!" <laughs> uh, um, we we are hiring a D seven. Is that a thing? Yep. D seven dozer. Yeah, it's we're getting one dozer. to the yard. That's a fair size dozer. Yeah, I'm gonna push all the topsoil on my little three acre plot up into the back of the property that's smart because we're planning on building a house and uh all that topsoil is in the way and the weeds are sky high there so, so a t770 is six foot six inches width over the tracks wow she's wide uh, eighteen-inch tracks. Mm. That's a big. Tra- Although I think we have, I think we have tracks that big on our T five ninety five. Really, our T five ninety five has really huge tracks on it because you could order them something, and then I was like, no, I want them as big a tracks as you can put on it. It looks super mm. cool. I don't mm. remember. I'll, I'll measure them maybe tomorrow. Ninety-two horsepower. It has a ho- operating weight of ten thousand three hundred twenty-seven pounds. Yeah, she's big. That's a fair. I feel like that's It'll a fair size material. Machine. Yeah, until it gets the conditions get wet, and then they're not so great, right? Like if you're trying to float, you're not doing any floating with a machine that big on top of wet uh, ground. Yeah, I guess stuff. it would depend how wide the tracks are, maybe. That's one of the reasons we got the ASV so the, because it's little and nimble. So the PS, it had the ground pressure rating. It was like 4.2 or something. Hmm. So the bucket width on this machine is 80 inches. Wow. That seems pretty big. Yeah. Hmm. Like over a yard per bucket, right? I would think so. And they could, that'll load a triaxle well. Like the T five ninety five has a hard time if it can at all load a triaxle. Oh, all of our our T five ninety five can load any triaxle. Really? Yeah. I feel well, like unless they got big boards, unless they got big fucking boards on them and yeah. shit. Yeah, our truck ours all don't have any boards on them. Oh, I don't know. I've loaded the lots with the yeah, yeah, but our trucks don't have the like specifically because we get loaded by a lot of like those like svl 75s t590 those kind of machines 
Yeah, you're better off with low slides then. So we have the um we don't have sides on them. Richie Brothers. Let's see if it comes up. Richie uh, Brothers. No, because it Richie Brothers has like the if you're looking yeah. for the, the specs on a machine, Richie Brothers oh. has the best specs. Uh -huh. If you if you pull it up, like it'll tell you like the exact specs for a machine, but for some reason they don't seem to have them for this machine. I don't know why. They had them for, that's where I got the the ones for the T770 or whatever it was. Uh I don't know why it doesn't show it. Anyways, I also like I, I also like the SVL 97s. I feel like they're really good machines. Was it the 97.2 or did they make a 97.3 yet? I don't. I think they're still 97.2s. I don't think they made a 97.3 yet. Here's we the specific. Go ahead. Did you get a 97.3? Yeah. It's sitting at the yard right now. I'm afraid to take the plastic off the seat. So they're saying SVL 97.2 on this Kubota USA thing. Yeah. 96.4 horsepower. So it's got more juice. It's got nice. more juice. Than the Bobcat? Yep. The Bobcat had 92, I think. Mm. I would definitely... Uh, width with bucket. So it has an 80-inch bucket, too. The problem with these machines is when they get this big, you have to put death in them. Oh. Because they make sure. their over the horsepower rating. Yeah. So you have to put death in them. Oh, I've always been impressed by the SVL97, and I'm not a huge Kubota person, so mm -hmm. that's just oh there, there's one. We could do that. What? We could do Kubota Bobcat case. Case. I, I figured you'd put cat in there. I thought you were a cat okay. guy. Me? I've never owned any cat equipment in my life. I don't think I've even worked at a company that owned cat equipment. For the most part, I don't feel like landscapers can afford cat equipment. I think their skid steers are less. Really? I don't think their skid steers are super expensive. Maybe I've had it wrong this whole time, but the salesman has always been such... So... Yeah. Isn't he the guy from the gym? No, no, he that's the used Toramont cat equipment oh. buyer and seller, okay. not the guy from the gym. The sales rep for cat around here is very arrogant. Everything that's not cat is off brand. Why would you even consider that? And I just can't, I can't see eye to eye with those people. So I don't, I've never spent a lot of time running a cat skid steer ever in my life, but the people who have run them, they all like, they seem to love them. I put our client has one that we use for a while and it was whiny for sure. It was that loud whiny diesel, not the nice quiet computeristic Kubota diesel. <laughs> I don't know that whenever you're in them so much, like I feel like the noise gets annoying. Like, you know, the MT 100 sound obnoxiously. I think you so can just tell. 
I find the Kubotas to be the most rattly machines there are because oh, the door of, the, of the door. Yeah. I find them yeah. to be loud and rattly the whole like yeah. I understand why it's happening because the door is there. I also but on the flip side of that, I think that they have the best door design of any machine. Because so, it's there, and I'm sure it breaks way less frequently than the other ones. We, the the infamous door on our T five ninety five, we have lock boxes on all the machines, and the lock box which was on the handle of the T five ninety five door got jammed up under the arm, and completely locked the operator in the machine, so much so that you couldn't move the arms at all. Right. Wow. So, and it was 40 degrees out, and the AC doesn't work in that fucking machine. Um, and we're pounding on the lockbox with a hammer, trying to get it open so we can get the door open. And we're like, come park in the shade. We'll try hitting it in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> and gorgeous. And the guy who was in it is not an operator at all. Right. So he can't even do anything to help. And you're trying to like pull the, uh, hydraulic release on it to make it go down but that doesn't work and everything's stuck i'm like this is a fucking nightmare imagine the machine was on fire and this happens like this is a death trap jeez anyway don't put your lock boxes on the door handle find (laughs) somewhere else to put (laughs) you could cause a death in your company i feel like with all the shit that's passing past the door, that common sense says don't put a big box there. There's nowhere else to put it on that fucking machine. I don't have a good thing to say about that that machine. I love ours. I hate my hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. From the service <laughs> should, to the fucking should have maybe, maybe traded it for a Camaro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I didn't do you, hate do you feel... <laughs> Oh my god. One of our Dodge trucks got to the job site today and two of the wheel studs were broken out of the wheel. Holy. And uh so like I'm looking at it. They called me and said, Hey, this I said, Okay, so I like the Brad was coming down. There was a multitude of things that he had to do on that job site, but the the wheel nuts were like hand. The lug nuts were like hand loose. All of them, like the remaining. Uh, no, there was one that was tightened. So there was only six left. And of the six, one was tight, and five I could spin off with my fucking hand. Uh, so I called the guy who drives the truck over, and I was like. Just so we're on the same page, this is kind of part of the circle check. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! Like, wow. Anyways, no one got hurt, which is what's really important. And we, I feel like today on that, uh, we got Brad a little bit closer to his cottage. His goal of buying a cottage. <laughs> we're driving him towards it. I don't know if he really has that goal. I'm just making that up. But, um, anyways, I yeah, I was like. I bro, like I think this did because they're only like six minutes from the yard. I don't think this happens. I feel like there might have been something ha- like I, you know. Anyways, uh-huh. all is all is okay because all it was was some needed some new um, studs and some new lug. A couple new two of the lug nuts were gone, so 
there's that. <laughs> we had to buy a couple lug nuts. But. Um, Brandini repaired our, our 750, <laughs> which wouldn't start last week. So Friday we took a day and we did some shit around the yard and it was good. Brandini cleaned all the trucks and we were setting up some forms for the the barn conversion. And I'm like, Brandini, get this fucking truck running. And I think it's just the contacts on the battery. So Brandini used to work at Kenny Upol. Do you guys have a Kenny Upol down near where you guys are? No. No? So Kenny Like Upol, a, rec- a, rec- a wrecking yard? It's a wrecking yard where you go in and you can buy used car parts, but you have to take them out of the cars yourself. Yeah. Right? So um, Brandini used to work at Kenny Upol where he would prepare the cars to go and sit in the yard for the rest of their life. So we drain all the fluids, take the batteries out, um, take all the, anything that's worth anything that's not car specific. Right. Um, so Brandini gets under this big F seven fifty on a piece of gator base that he uses a floor mat to keep himself off the, the wet gravel. And why didn't you post that as use one fourteen or database? Um That's the big opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um Brandini's sitting under there <laughs> and he just rips out the battery contact between the starter and the battery. And he's like, This is why it won't start, and it's completely corroded through. Like ripped into two pieces. I'm like, fuck Brandini, you just saved me probably eight hundred dollars at the dealer. Or at so the mechanic, sorry. How old is that truck? Uh two thousand five, two thousand seven. Oh, it's reasonable that that's rotted then. Yeah. Yeah. But like there was I've never seen them come apart in two pieces before. The terminal cable come apart. No. In two pieces like that. But it's Does it ever least... start fast now? Holy shit! It's like a brand new truck. Really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brandini and sounds we... more like a magician name than a, right. a rapper. Well, name. he was a magician Friday. Let me tell you that. <laughs> so, the next thing I'm going to have him tackle is one of our Chinese excavators. The starter won't work on it. They won't. It'll turn from the hand crank, but not from the key. So that's Brandini's next uh, trick. I was selling that one going. Yeah. Some guy pulled into the yard today. He's like, hey, those are nice machines out front. Like, but I could really use one like that. And he points out the two and a half ton shovel. Said, yeah, well, one's 10 grand, one's 55 grand. So what are you (laughs) going to do here? Like, I understand you want the two and a half ton, but it doesn't have the same price tag that the. Did he have a Camaro to trade in? No, he pulled up in a stupid fucking Chevy, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, nothing to trade I would have traded the Camaro for the the one ton that's just about what it's worth to me how many excavators are left two that's it just two aren't you going to keep one for your crew no because I can't run it it runs uh, cat controls doesn't someone run cat yes Shane does but couldn't it be Shane's special toy? No, because we'll put him in the two and a half ton or the 
the uh, four ton or the eight ton. Or... So are they sitting out front with an ad for sale on them? Yeah, they have signs from the dollar store that say for sale. Call me. How many people have called? Mm, three or four. We got a bunch of Kijiji messages, a bunch of Facebook messages, but just can't can't reel her in. How many did you buy in total? I don't remember. Six. You so you've sold... broken more than broken even. You're you're in we... profit right now. We're in profit, but I'm willing to let the next two go at my cost just to fucking get rid of the things. <laughs> you know, like my days as a salesman are done. I can't deal with people. I so next winter, are you gonna buy what bunch of more Chinese excavators? So you feel like you're out of the Chinese excavator? I feel like I'm, I'm out of it. Someone yeah. came in, cut me off at the knees, and I'm just trying to. What are you going to do at, like, what are you going to buy next year at the Richie Brother auctions? I really want a big buggy. I did that picture of the buggy that I sent you there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would have been money well spent if we bought a big buggy like that, a big Yanmar buggy. You, you text me that, right? Ages ago. Yeah. I think so. Well, you just sent me a. I sent you a, a hook truck and then I realized it was a Max Force. Oh God! I'm like, well, it was—they're trying to pass it off as a DT, but it's really a Max Force. Otherwise, sharp-looking truck. It still has the the tag on it. Yeah, I know, but they're claiming it's a DT four sixty six because they had that weird time frame where they tried to like mesh the two, right? Yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or something like that. That's a good hook, though. That's yeah. the same hook as my. That's the same hook as uh, my trucks. Well, that could be a new hook lift just for you. Uh, I'm, I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty worried about the. I don't think that would be something I would yeah. buy. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. That would. I'd be kind of worried about that. I'm gonna be honest. I'd be. That's a sharp looking truck, though. It looks great. Yeah. That's it's already got aluminum rims on it. You don't even need to put them on. It and it it comes with a flat deck. And you know what those are worth. Yeah, nothing. You never use them for fuck all. <laughs> great. But the house. thicker metal, Mike. That was a great investment on my part. It says it has a DT four sixty six. I know, but then the badge on the side says Max Force, does it not? The badge on the side says Max Force. Did you message these fuckers? No. No. Because I zoomed in and saw that Max Force and I said, I'm going to leave that one right where it is. Yeah, I feel like they're trying to pull some shit with this motherfucker. Yeah. When did Max Forces start? With emissions, I think 2009, 2010, right? emissions regulations came in and i could be wrong i'm not a truck guy so the map multi-lifts of 2018 so someone bought this truck and put the lift on it yeah Polished that, flat, that flat deck is way nicer than mine hmm. way fucking nicer From Kingston. Oh, man. 
could pick it up next time. Actually, so we were digging in trees last week and um we hit a well the rape button line, right? Mm-hmm. And so we dug it up and waited Another for it from last week. Well, sorry to bring it up again. I just no, I'm talking about the, the whole like, somewhat controversial topic <laughs> from last week. I don't I want to hear the end of this the rape button so, story. So we hit the rape button line and dug it up. I get a call last Wednesday, I want to say. Um and our guy on site saying the electrician can't get they repaired the line. Now they can't get the connection through. It's plugged up somewhere else. I said, well, why wouldn't the electrician try and put the line through to the brake, then make the repair, and then push it the rest of the way through? It's like, I don't know, but he didn't do that. He repaired it and then tried to push it through. It's like, is there anywhere else that the line could be broken along the way? Let me call the guy running the shovel. We'll see if he picked at it anywhere else. He's like, absolutely no. I didn't see it anywhere else. So we're getting to the point where the next option is exploratory digging, which is the fucking best way to lose your shirt on a job. Exploratory digging on a finished project is a fucking death sentence. Exploratory (laughs) digging. Wouldn't it be cheaper just to run a new line? Like, my God. Well, everything is done. It doesn't matter. Either you're exploratory digging or you're running a new line, but either way, everything's getting torn up, right? So on Friday after the rain was done, the exploratory digging commenced, and they made it from one tree to the next tree over before they realized that a giant fucking piece of shale that the civil contractor put in there as fill right on top of the electrical lines oh my god had been tugged over and sheared the conduit that the rape button wire was in which all of that had nothing to do with you no but because we were the last ones to dig all of a sudden everything is our fault yeah. So, and you were the only ones that still had an excavator there. Absolutely. No, we went out to rent one. We got a Home Depot excavator. Oh my god! Uh, a little two and a half. How ton, much? Whatever. How much did this exploratory digging that had nothing to do with you? We're cost? probably in it for fifteen hundred dollars, and that's not the low end of things. That's not including the time that the electrician stood there and watched the exploratory dig. So, my well, question I- is. And I mean, I'm com- probably completely out of line here, but if you are backfilling, why the fuck are you using giant pieces of shale around the electrical that's what's lines? There. Because that's what's there. I think they they should own some of that. Oh, absolutely. Right? That, like, that had literally nothing to do with it. Well, I mean, we did dig, which I mean... the. Line may have not have been sheared if, but the line wasn't working dig. when you hit it. Well, the million dollar the, question you'll never know, right? Like, so we did break it in one space, but was it already broken in the other space? It could have been. I or he hooked so. it with the tooth and pushed that piece of shale through the line from the, oh. the tree before it. 
right? I don't know. But does anyone know if it was working before you started digging? No, nobody knew. Right. Oh, well. There was no way to check and no way to prove it. But as the last man out, you know, we're responsibility responsible. I feel like you everything. got a bit jammed up here. Yeah. This is yeah. But that guy who uh initially backfilled with shale loves you. Well, yeah. that's the that's the civil contractor, right? Oh yeah. And is that who, are you working for the general or for the civil? For the general. Okay. General, so. so the civil contractor has no use for you. No, no. Is this a job so, with the old guys? Uh no. The oh. old guys are good. They're. I was gonna say, if a bunch of old guys used some shitty shale to backfill, I wouldn't be shocked. No, no, no. These were younger guys. But this another thing that happened at this same project is, um, this rooftop wall was something happened where the wall was poured too high. Or the grade for the interlock wasn't high enough to make it over top of the wall. So the wall had to be cut down. <laughs> but we were given the height for the interlock, so it wasn't our fault. But then they ended up shaving this, the top of this wall off and then putting this uh, sort of like putty to waterproof the wall after. But then the interlock still didn't work out, so we had to shave a belly under all the interlock that went over that ridge. And it was just a fucking giant, giant waste of time. Oh, I, you had to shave the inside of the interlock to line up with the, yeah. So it like, was too tall. Yeah. So you're, you shaved a belly out of the underside. So you're taking the quick cut and you're running it back and forth in the middle oh of the slab. And, Talk about a vaporization of money. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how are we doing on this job? And two weeks ago, oh yeah, we're doing, we're doing good. And then at the end of last week, we're like, I don't know, we're doing so hot anymore. There's some like, exploratory digging and some belly, <laughs> some yeah. belly shaving and exploratory digging really dragged yeah. this project down. Yeah, yeah, they can go wrong just like that. So, the boys were digging a pool today, and the, I went in the backyard and. The, First thing, there's like an electrical conduit running dead center through the pool. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Perfect. Like, the electrician's <laughs> coming soon. And, you know, like, I, I'm okay. Well, that's good. Like, sure. Like, um, but it's like, of all the places to run this electric, like, who, when they were running the electrical conduit, whoever did it before this, the new homeowner. He uh, he didn't run the conduit, but who looked at their yard? I was like, you know where electrical conduit needs to go dead center, right through the fucking yard. Like when you like run it like, up the side or something. Like why would you run it dead center? It's just so for fucked. Was up. it was there caution tape over this electrical? Line? No, this was no. like a buried homeowner conduit. The last time we did conduit we put it in the ground and the electrician says did you put um live wire tape on top or electric buried electrical line tape it has to say buried electrical line i said no it says caution well it has to say buried electrical line it can't say caution i said if you're digging up a fucking tape 
you think you're going to stop to read what it says? <laughs> if there's a tape there to begin with, it doesn't matter. You're going to stop digging. Fuck but off. Like, how much of does this it have to say it in French? Like, how what much if you don't this... speak the language? <laughs> how much does of it this have to be is... Spanish? I'm going to guess while you were having this conversation, you were bearing this line for free and not getting paid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was. Hey, this Sorry, guy's like, have... you're not doing this job for free for me <laughs> properly. Why do you fucking do it yourself? Is this documented? Yeah, is yeah. So, we buried anyway. shit tons of line at the place that shall not be named, and the like that buried electrical line shit, and we had to take pictures of it all and send it and document it, and then they had this guy come around with a GPS and he would GPS every line, oh, so yeah. he make a overall drawing of it for later. So yeah. like, but like they were like, why is this job taking so long? I'm like, well, the GPS guy only comes here on Tuesdays and Thursdays <laughs> for one hour. And we're digging a hundred kilometers a week worth of electrical line. And so some of this electrical trenching is sitting open for three weeks because he has to like tap his GPS and document. It was just fucking and then the grading, the grades were so fucked. Some of, the, some of the conduit was just lying on the grade as it was, and then we were burying it in HPV <laughs> and putting this tape on it, the buried electrical. I'm like, it's above ground. Like, <laughs> above we ground. not backfill the rest and then dig it? Oh, it's just so funny. I'm surprised you didn't have to shave a belly in the interlock so that the electrical line would fit. I have shaved it's... a belly in my day. I, <laughs> I can't think of the exact circumstances of the belly shave. But I have done some belly shaving. I've done day. it on multiple occasions. They, I would go so far to say they should make a quick cut blade, especially for belly shaving. There you go. I think I've yet and to I see I think one. if they do, if someone doesn't call me three times a day about it, I'm not buying it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you sponsor that on the podcast? A belly shave blade? A belly shave blade? For sure. <laughs> Who wouldn't sponsor yeah. a belly shave blade? Do you think that your blade would have belly shaved better if you dressed it first with the dressing stone? Uh probably. What does that do? That lines up the someone told me that lines up the diamonds. Which I don't know how the fuck you could line up. I, the I don't think it lines up it's the diamonds. Someone it says it stands them. them on end. Like I don't think they're like have you dancing little diamonds. Ever inquired <laughs> if the diamonds in your diamond blade? were ethically sourced. <laughs> I feel like diamond blade diamonds are 100% coming from some child labor diamond mine. Oh boy. So if you're I'm, running a do you think battery diamond... saw with diamonds on it, you are the <laughs> devil. You've got to be the devil. The lithium and the... a lithium battery saw with some diamonds. With I... some diamonds. Next time a diamond blade salesman calls me three times a day, I'm going to ask them if the diamonds in their blades are ethically sourced. I think anyone listening to this podcast, whenever you're talking to a diamond blade person from this moment forward, should inquire if the diamonds are ethically sourced and if they can prove that. Because no one's ever cared about that before. Yeah. Today... 
because it rains every day. Um, in my world, it seems to rain. Every, I don't know what you guys are like in yeah, Cornwall, but it seems to been, rain every day here. It's been well, terrible. I was standing with Lucas on the road, and I looked at him and I said, I had really hoped I would be dead before climate change kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> like I had it's really banked that any kind of climate change shit that happened would be the problem of my children and I would be dead and not care. I felt like the planet was good for another 10, 15 years to get me through it. But now it rains every fucking day and I'm starting to think the planet is dying faster than me. And that's fucked up because I had really planned on dying before the planet. Don't worry, the aliens are coming first. So, the aliens are already here. That's the what government I'm covered it up. <laughs> That's true. That was when the they were making the announcement about the actual landing of actual aliens when that stupid submarine imploded, and all of a sudden, that's all that the fucking legacy media covered was stupid submarine stories. They're like, what there's happened? this thing now that came out. The people in the submarine knew they were going to die. I'm like. Yeah, it imploded on them. I don't think any of them were like, I'll hold it out with my strength and keep it from crushing me. <laughs> These fuckers die. Yeah, they die. Oh, they know they're dead. The people <laughs> in the submarine knew they were dead. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Like, like thing is, and the only thing that survived was the controller. No way. Yeah, it was in the, it was in the wreckage. They were talking about how that was the shittiest piece of the, the entire sub. <laughs> It was like a PlayStation controller. Yeah, like My a favorite. knockoff one, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a Pro Logic. Logic the guy released the guy that makes those controllers released a statement saying, "Please do not control your deep sea submarines with my second grade video game controller." <laughs> <laughs> there was pictures yeah. where, like, it's like a double fiberglass polish. I don't know everything about it, but the guy had drilled. The video screen monitors into the side of the submarine. <laughs> what if screw had gone through? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, what was that? That girl on the plane there? Did you see that one? Or she oh, that, that that person's not real. Yeah. It's so what funny. was that all about? So I don't know. I only caught the tail end of it, but this girl's screaming that that motherfucker's not real, and you don't know who she's pointing at, and. I love how the camera camera goes to her and she points. She's like, that person's not real. And then the camera goes over to the back of the plane. I can just imagine, like, if that was me, I'd be like, what? <laughs> was she, yeah, but, did she think there was like, it was some kind of like a ghost or something? No, a lizard I, person. Oh, a lizard person. I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty He's sure. He's on his way to the WF forum. <laughs> <laughs> Our lizard overlords. <laughs> oh, man. Trudeau is getting divorced. Hmm. Yeah. Did you guys see yeah. why? No. No. Did they release why? Uh, well, I this could be a reason, but his wife just started a, last year started a federal corporation to help with government communications. But if they're married, and he's an elected official, there's a conflict in her having government contracts and it has to be looked into. 
if Oof. they're not married, like they are currently separated, she can get as many government contracts and there can be no investigation into it. Yikes. So there's I also a rumor like... that there's also a rumor that she's uh dating um James Hatfield from Metallica and they were together <laughs> at the Culture Club concert. I saw that and I was like, this has got to be made up, but whatever. I don't oh. know. They're getting around. As much as I'm not a Metallica fan, I'm also not a Trudeau fan, and I think I'd pick Metallica over Justin Trudeau. It didn't devastate me if that guy was fucking his wife. <laughs> I was okay with it. <laughs> but whatever happens to that guy, I really could care less. We cover a lot of topics on this podcast. This is, <laughs> this podcast our listeners wild. are getting a wide variety of uh, a wide variety. I think that's two hours, Mike. I think so. All right. This. Do you have outro music? I I don't. I, Can we I, replay the intro music? Should we do that to end the things off? Let's here? replay. Yeah. This is the end of the podcast. We're exiting with the out. We're exiting with the intro music. Is there? Is there anything that you want to do? You want to do your outro first, PK, while I kind of get things shared? I up just here? did it. Well, I oh, said this I'm is sorry. the end of the podcast. All right. You guys let so, me know. see my screen. We're ready. This is the end of the podcast. All right. This is the outro music. Welcome to the Kid Not Our Finest Hour podcast with Caver King, the landscape daddy, and I am a hardscaper. On this show, we talk shit. Your host, Haverking, the landscape daddy, runs a successful seven-figure business and has over 20 years in the industry. The kid has learned some valuable lessons he wants to share with you. The principles discussed will energize and empower you to crush your goals. And now, from the studios, the Not Our Finest Hour podcast with your host, Haverking, the landscape daddy, and I am a hardscaper.